0: This is Gateway City Sports. From Talking Sports on the Bleachers, it's the NCAA Report with me, Don Glenn, and my partner, Russ Robinson, a proud part of the Gateway City Sports Network. At Gateway City Sports, you're going to find articles and content from my co-host Russ Robinson, Brian Swope, Gene Bonds, and even I. Check an article out of time or two. There's other podcasts, The Team of Rivals, with Ron Nuttle, Pete Geddes, and Elliot Dewey. The That's a Winner, with Brian Jenkins and Josh Brown. The Two for Three, with the Mighty Moose, Mike Stevenson. And the Derrick King Sports Show, with Derek King. Check us out at GatewayCitySports.com. Well, hello again, folks. It's time for the NCAA report. And as always, I have my partner in crime with all the SEC news of the day, Russ Robinson. How you doing there, Russ?
1: I'm doing fine, Don. Everything going okay with you?
0: So far, so good. Uh, Still trying to come up with, uh, fix some of the damage we've got to the uh, house after that storm uh, a couple weeks ago. But
1: uh,
0: Uh Yeah, yeah, we kind of got some guttering messed up. and. Got a window busted. Uh, we didn't notice until the other day. Got a big old crack in it, and some siding oh, wow. needs to be replaced. But you know, pretty much minor stuff compared to what it could have been with the <laughs> size of that tree that fell. I will tell yeah. you, well, that tree was almost nineteen years old. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. It had some. It, it had some
1: size on it then. It was a
0: pretty good sized tree when it fell, but it just it just kind of <laughs> laid it right up against the house. And I said, okay, I'll <laughs> I'll take that. So, what was really concerning is, is that we had, uh, we just had solar panels put on the roof. And oh I was afraid those good. got damaged, but they, they came out yeah. and said, nope, those are all fine. So, well, good. good. That was good. So, but yeah, uh, well, I mean, there's a, there's some, there are some things to talk about in, in the, in the NCAA. And I think the first and foremost is, um uh, I don't know if you were shocked but uh, the news that came out of Northwestern.
1: Well, with uh, Pat, yes, I was. I was surprised. You figure someone, Pat Fitzgerald, you just, uh, at Northwestern, you just didn't really see something like that coming out. And I, if I remember this, the story right, Don, is mm-hmm. he said at first he said he didn't know anything about the hazing. Right. But when you read the descriptions and you just think, you know, how could he not know? Um Coaches would should should know what's going on in their own program, stuff like I mean he really should. And uh, if he whether he he was he knew it and he was tolerating it or he honestly didn't know it, neither look is very good for him, was very good for him. No. And I would imagine that's why Northwestern fell out the head to make a move. Uh what
0: was uh, what was really interesting about the move uh from the timeline that I saw was uh-huh. they suspended him on I guess the re- the report the, the investigation started right after the football season was over. Um wow. and then they suspended him on a Friday. They would give him a two-week suspension after the re- the report was published. The uh the um president of the university gave him a two-week suspension and then the next day the school paper came out and published a lot of the report. And then 2 days later the president fires him.
1: Yeah, okay, okay. You
0: know, so it was yeah. kind of like, uh, was he trying to just, was he hoping the report wouldn't get out, and he just kind of give him the suspension? So I don't know if the administration, and they're named in at least, a, at least two lawsuits that I've seen already. Uh okay. The administration himself is named in it, along with uh, Fitzgerald and uh, a couple other coaches.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm sure with his history there at Northwestern and his success, and I guess Fitzgerald was almost a legend, had become a legend there because he'd coached there for so long and had sustained success for so long. Yeah. I'm sure they wanted to try to save his job if they could. I'm sure they were really trying to work with it. Well, kind of and he's,
0: a, he's a former All-American out of, out of Northwestern. I mean, he was uh, the 94, I think it was, or something like that. Uh, yeah, 94 All-American and 95 uh, – he played in the 95 Rose Bowl.
1: So – Okay.
0: Okay. You know, so well, uh, I mean, so he, yeah, he he was pretty much a legend there at Northwestern because he was there for a few years, uh, a couple years before he got the job when the um, former, when the head coach in front of him uh, passed away. Uh, well, actually, I think one that
1: the guy went to Colorado to be head. Coach? He
0: went to Colorado first. Spent a couple years. I think he spent another year at uh, Northwest Iowa or some place like that. Oh, did he? Yeah. I mean oh, he, did, okay. he he got his he got all his grads grad, grad uh, assistant and, and minor assistant coaching stuff out of the way at at uh, those other programs and then oh, I see. Okay. then he was hired on as the linebacker coach and I think defensive co- or uh, assistant defensive coordinator uh at Northwestern. He was there for doing that for six years and then got promoted uh, when the when the coach yeah. passed away. Um and i guess it's not all over at northwestern either um i mean they of course they fired the baseball coach for not hazing practices but i guess he was um trying to force players to come back early from injury he was he had a from what some described a a uh, and i don't want to i don't want to make it sound it's worse than it is but there were some uh, allegations of race uh, of racial uh, preferencing going on mm-hmm. um, He supposedly made impro- Inappropriate comments to a female Staffer um, And mm-hmm. and, he, and he'd and only been there A year and the thing is mm-hmm. all these Allegations and the investigation into him Started before the baseball season started
1: mm-hmm. Okay
0: And the report came out And from what I read and I, I wrote about it In, the, in the, the articles up on Gateway City Sports um, That the Human Resources Department, Northwestern, said that they needed some remedial uh, remedial action needed to be taken. And this is before, again, before the baseball season started, Northwestern chose not to do it. And then they fire him after they fire Fitzgerald. Now, some reports said that they were going to fire him anyway. But mm-hmm. why would you wait so long after the season was over before you fire him for next year? Right, right. You know, I don't know if the I don't know if the if the football scandal brought more of the baseball to light, but now there's also talk from one of the civil rights attorneys that's been hired that uh he's gotten kids from wrestling, from the softball program that are claiming the same quite the same kind of hazing issues.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So
0: I don't know what like I said uh, the the like as I said earlier in our in our pre-show um University of Northwestern has now hired former US Attorney General Loretta Lynch. She's going to lead a review of the uh the hazing that was going on and in the quote, it says that uh, Lynch will be reviewing the processes and accountability mechanisms in place at the university to detect, report, and respond to potential misconduct in his athletic programs, including hazing, bullying, discrimination of any kind. The school said the results of the review will be made public. So there is that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, According to uh, the president of the university, Michael Schill, hazing has no place at Northwestern, period. Uh, I am determined that with the help of Attorney General Lynch, we will become a leader in combating the practice of hazing in intercollegiate athletics as a model for other universities. We will provide all our students the resources and support they need and do whatever is necessary to protect their safety and to ensure that our athletics program remains one we can all be proud of.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so I don't know where that's going to go uh, like I said they've already fired two coaches now the other interesting thing I'll get your take on this the interim coaches they named are both first year assistant coaches
1: hmm, yeah. they
0: didn't take anybody that had been there long term on the staff what do you make of that
1: well I think that's understandable I'm, I haven't, I'm not as tuned in with the Northwestern situation as you are, but just just from what you're telling me and from what I've heard, uh, you you won't you don't want someone who's too ingrained in what was going on there. Mm-hmm. And as things should come up uh, in this investigation, if they've hired a former Attorney General to conduct it, and you could the other heads could be flying soon. And you know you want yeah. someone who's just been there a year, who probably isn't as tainted by it, gives them a chance to give a better reboot. I'm sure. Whoever, I don't know who the Northwestern – I mean, I heard, but i forgot forgotten who they've hired. I'm sure next year they'll be doing a uh, – they'll, they'll be doing a uh, job search for a new head coach and someone yeah. from the
0: outside. I, I, sure I, I, yeah, I mean, you know of course, depending on what happens, um, you know, with this new guy, um, and I, I'll get his name for you in just a second here as we talk about it. Uh, but uh, – uh, uh, David Braun is the new head is the is the interim coach.
1: <laughs>
0: and, yeah. um, he, I, I guess he made this statement that, uh, you know, they were asking him about that. And he said, uh, about the hazing. And he said he did wouldn't, would not comment on it, obviously. Um, and, but said that they, he was going to ensure that, uh, you know, the program was one was going to be run correctly. And that, um, uh, he was proud of the way the team has come together since the firing to try and, and change the the culture, if you will. About sure, that. sure. So there is sure, that. Sure. Yeah. Um, another program that's under a little bit of a – I, I don't want to call it a fire because there's been nothing, no concrete, nothing, and nobody's really blowing a whole lot of uh, horns about it. But there was a report that came out of Minnesota now PJ Fleck mm-hmm. he's been there 6 years now as the head coach uh said they uh, some former players went to a, 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 a outlet called the front office sports and it's a it's an online magazine like anybody else uh, uh but they said they interviewed former several former players and staff members even that mm-hmm. said they described the environment fraught with intimidation and toxicity uh and, and re- referenced what they called the fleck bank which is a system that allowed players with enough coins to get away with positive positive drug tests and other violations hmm.
1: huh.
0: um yeah now huh. now, the, now this now this fleck bank is actually kind of neat though really i mean it, it it's very innovative if you think about it because what it says is it tracks community service including visiting patients at at the, the medical center uh and you know helping out with schools other things like that studying habits um and things of that nature that all positivity that you get you get positive uh, coins I guess in this bank um now how they're using those coins in the bank may be a little a little uh freaky yeah. you know but uh so I don't know what's going to happen with all that um one player said I had a teammate who was supposed to gain weight and he would have to drink three protein shakes a day. Or, excuse me, three protein shakes in front of uh, Nickel, which is one of the coaches and the staff, before he could eat. Before he could leave. He said he started defecating pink liquid later. <laughs> mm. yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, other former players said the athletic trainers did a lot of things because Fleck forced their hand in the medical room. Fourth player said that whenever we'd be getting guys back early, they should have been minimizing the the seriousness uh for the injuries or they did it minimize seriousness of injuries he said maybe that shouldn't have been done but now the university of course they they are not coming out against anything uh against fleck at all they're kind of backing fleck um mm-hmm. because of his uh, overall positive image with the getting the players involved in the community and whatnot so we'll see what happens with that one, too. I'll we'll have to keep an eye out for that down the road. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. You know,
0: because, cause like I said, he, he, and he, because Flack has actually turned that program around in six years.
1: Well, he, uh, he inherited from Jerry Kill. Yeah. Who started the, the turnaround
0: there. He and, started. Yeah. He, Flick, uh, Flick
1: has, has sustained it. So he's been, he's been good.
0: He's been good for uh, Minnesota. Yeah. He's been he good for Minnesota. Yeah. Um, Northwest or Northwestern um, got them on the brain. Nebraska's uh, Matt Rule he's he's uh, he's not promising the world, but he, he's promising to have to trying to get rid of some of the mistakes that ha- that were happening under Frost.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Rule has a good background, so we'll see how that works out. It's been tough for Nebraska coaches. It's been kind of gradually on a downward spiral, and it didn't happen overnight. You know, ever since Dr. Tom Osborne retired, mm-hmm. you know, I forgot wow. how many years ago that's been over twenty years, maybe twenty-five yeah, okay. years ago he retired. Every coach that since then has gradually it's gone down, and uh, uh, they went to the Big Ten expecting to be one of the dominant schools, and they're kind of middling schools at best is mm-hmm. what they turned out to be. So, yeah.
0: yeah. I guess uh, the Big Ten media days were held. Uh, not a whole lot of real uh groundbreaking news or anything like that um other than Illinois hired Jim Leonard now as a senior football analyst uh mm-hmm. he was the former head coach i think of buffalo
1: was it okay
0: i can't remember 100% where he was actually from but he was one of the ones that was rumored to be to that was up for the um, uh, the job when Bealma got hired oh okay um, he was supposedly one of the guys in the mix um Questions are going to be around Ohio State without C.J. Stroud at quarterback, um, although I think we've seen over the years with Ohio State, it doesn't matter who's a quarterback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always seem to find somebody that's, that's going to go in there and just light the world yeah. on fire.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but, cause, and they still have a good receiving group, I and mean, they've got uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. still there. uh Ubuka is still there. Uh, now their offensive line is going to take some rework. They cost, lost a couple of tackles to the NFL, so we'll see how that fix it, fits into their plans. Um, Michigan, I there's another one there. Um, I don't know who gets more press: the, the, the Michigan team or
1: Harbaugh. Hmm. Well, Harbaugh, Harbaugh, for some reason is a controversial figure. I mean, he's been that <laughs> way wherever he was. When he was Pretty at Stanford, much. he trash talked. who uh, was the USC coach there that was so successful was at the Seahawks now. Um, yeah, Don, I can't remember names now, but he's a Seattle Seahawks head coach now. Okay. But uh, he was the one who beat them and got away with trash talking them a little bit. Oh. Then he went to uh, the San Francisco uh, 49ers. Right. I mean, it was always, you know, eventually. A lot of times he wears out his welcome, and some people thought that he might be wearing out his welcome at Michigan. But the last couple of years, he's done pretty well.
0: So well, I mean, there's, there's been there's been talk about the last couple of years him being up for various NFL head jobs.
1: Yeah, I'm sure people will come after him. as long as you're good. No matter how controversial yeah. you are, you're going to get a chance as long as you win. Yeah, and uh, yeah. you know that's well, that's yeah. the thing.
0: Well, the one thing he's going to have at Michigan, he's going to have a a, his running back uh, group still in 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 house with uh, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, Um, and so and uh, the quarterback McCarthy. So he's going to have his complete backfield back again this year. Uh, So they, I mean, I I expect them to be very good. Um, A lot of people are talking about how Penn State and I, I. I don't know. I mean, they've been good. Uh can they stay good? Yeah, they're they're they kinda get they kinda get the the the, the, the uh redheaded step stepchild uh, treatment. Uh, you know, last year they were they were ranked pretty much in the top twenty five most of the year, but nobody gave them credit for anything really. Uh but then yeah. again when you're when you're in the same division as Ohio State and Michigan, how <laughs> how are you supposed to get any credit? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's hard. It's hard, you know. This is definitely hard. But I, I look for them to maybe make a little bit of a in that in that Eastern division, uh, make some uh, make some noise. The Western division, I think, believe it or not. And now some people. Now, yes, I know I'm an Illinois fan, so I'm, I'm I got a little bit of a bias in here. But I think there's, with the exception of maybe Nebraska and Northwestern, anybody in that Eastern Western division to win can win the mm-hmm. division, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean Illinois uh with uh Altmire now at quarterback. They've got uh I mean they lost Chase Brown, but they got a couple of really good kids coming up in the backfield with McCray, uh Reggie Love the third. Uh they've still got uh Isaiah Williams at the receiving core. Mm-hmm. Um they made some replacements uh for um uh, Witherspoon and Sidney uh, Sydney Brown. Uh so I think they're they're in good shape. But I don't think you can overlook, as we were talking about earlier, with Minnesota. I mean, they're still a team that, that that's going to be have to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at Iowa, they were one of the best defenses in the Big Ten last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a better defense than Ohio State and Michigan, as far as when you took up points against and stuff like that. Um, so I think they're always going to be tough. Indiana showed that they've got a little bit and I don't I, I'm not as up to date on what they were able to bring in as far as recruiting wise uh, as I should be, but uh I know they did have a nice recruiting year. Uh so you know, there's any there's you know, there's four those four teams, any one of those four teams I've, and then Purdue's always gonna be in the mix somehow. And it's gonna be interesting this year with uh Bielema and uh, Ryan Walters uh mm, for yeah. that Purdue, Illinois game. Uh, that's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be fun one. If any if if Illinois Purdue wasn't a rivalry before, it is now. <laughs> well,
1: I would say so. And that that was a that was an interesting hire by Purdue. Uh, usually they go for offensive coaches and they hire the defensive specialist. So I mean that oh, will yeah. be interesting.
0: But he's that's a young the,
1: guy who's coming up and comer. So
0: yeah, well, oh, yeah. yeah, and I think I think that was part of it. I think uh, you know a lot of these schools now. Uh you're seeing so much, of, so many of the older coaches, you know, um, leaving the game or just, and, and especially in basketball, it's, it's happening too. But uh, you're seeing a lot of these older coaches leaving the game or just not interested in leaving a program they've been at for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, a lot of these schools, I mean, Deion Sanders of Colorado, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not necessarily a young guy, but he's an up and coming coach.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, oh yeah, yeah. You know, so I think when you're seeing something like that, I think a lot of these uh, you're going to see probably a lot more over the next couple of years. A lot more of these uh, coaches that are assistants or that have been, uh, you know, coordinators for a long time are going to start getting their going to start getting their, uh, their 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 just deserves, if you will.
1: Right, right,
0: right. So season starts up in the what?
1: uh, uh well, Labor Day weekend usually.
0: Which is usually the end of yeah. August 1st, day of 6th, yeah. September. Something. Yeah. So, a uh, couple of by the end of the month we'll just, should have some games to report on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, what's going on in the SEC? I've heard, a, I saw something on Facebook the other day, and I don't know where the discussion started because I couldn't track it down. But they were talking, to, of course, Colorado, I guess, is coming back into the Big 12. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And somebody made the comment that Missouri should right. do the same. <laughs>
1: Missouri's not going back.
0: I, I uh, wouldn't these, think so. <laughs> it's a,
1: one thing, uh, yeah, Colorado's running back to the Big 12 because the Pac-12 is kind of falling
0: apart. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, lo- you're losing uh, USC and... Uh, uh, USC and...
0: Um, UCLA.
1: UCLA. Uh, and their their TV contract's up in turmoil. They don't know what they're going to do about it. They don't know what school's going to stick around. So color- and, and the Big 12... Has put together a decent TV package, even with Oklahoma and Texas leaving. But there's no way Missouri would go back to the Big Twelve. I mean, they the the TV contract, the monthly the revenue situation. I mean, it's just it's just a it's a whole lot better. They'd be they'd be really stupid if they did that. It would be, not it would be
0: fun. It'd be financial suicide for universities. Yes,
1: yes, you know? because the, because the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. I mean, the SEC have the best TV packages. And the best revenue situation in any other conference. And everybody would like to come into their conference. Uh, you know, that's why Texas and Oklahoma came, came willing to, to the SEC and accept their deal. Right. And, uh, uh, and same way with USC and UCLA. So I mean, it's, there's no run going back. Uh, I saw that too, Don, but there's, that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. I, I I mean, I, I had to laugh when I saw that. I'm like, are you yeah. ser- somebody seriously considering this? Oh, yeah. Are saying this? Are you kidding me? I mean, right. I, I get I get what they're saying. If you go, if, they, if you know, with the way things are going, if they go back to the Big 12, they could actually rule the Big 12 in football pretty much, I think. I mean, cause yeah, really they were really, they
1: were doing, yeah, they were doing pretty well before they left. And, of course, the yeah. SEC is a bigger, tougher conference in mm-hmm. football. Um, But you know they're not going to go back. I mean, they're they're, <laughs> they're just not going to do it with all the money they're spending on facilities and everything. Yeah, they can't afford to take a pay cut. You know, be no. like if you I, yeah, a,
0: no. If you
1: bought a uh, if you bought a a, a five hundred thousand dollar house and you decided no, I'm going to I'm going to take a job that pays cut cut my pay in half. You're just not going to do that. You know,
0: well, you and, and, afford that, it. Yeah, yeah. and actually Missouri hasn't done that bad in football in the SEC.
1: No, they've been they've they've won two division championships. On right, the they're six and six the last three four years three years, four years, uh, in the regular season. So no, they're not a disaster. There, uh, they need to take a step forward. But but you know no, I mean they're fine. They're ha- they're 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 not leading. They're yeah, not gonna I mean lead yeah
0: you know it, it, it's not like they're at the bottom of the division every year and and you no. know wondering what the hell they're doing there. You know
1: no no they they're mid pack, yeah. uh, top team really kind of. Uh, uh, so yeah, the, the SEC meetings, the thing that dominated it was, uh, was one thing, the conference realignment, the scheduling issue, On They, they got Oklahoma and Texas is coming in and how mm-hmm. they're going to handle that, uh, with the scheduling. As of, they thought that by 2024, they would be setting up a schedule where the, every team would have three permanent appointment uh, opponents and nine rotating appointments. They go to, they go to, uh, I, I said that wrong, Don. Three permanent po- opponents and six rotating opponent, opponents. Nine conference games they have eight now. They came out of the um, they they came out of it with uh, they're going to stay 2024 with eight opponents, but work in Oklahoma and Nebraska. And the the uh, conference schedule is already set for 2024 and who you're going to play and everything. Uh, so that that will be interesting. They eventually will probably go to nine games. Uh, they're just not ready. They haven't got anybody convinced to do it yet. Yeah. It depends. Trying to keep rivalries in place and everything yeah. like that, and you know, and so, so it'll eventually happen. But but that was one of the things. The other thing they took on that was kind of controversial, Don was nils. Oh, Missouri, yeah. the state of Missouri came in, and some of the other states did too. I I forgot the other states. I think. I'll, Maybe, uh, let me pull it up here, Don. I had it, uh, I think it's Nebraska, um, well, anyway, I had it pulled up, but Missouri has a new NIL state law to support the, you know, the schools. So where they can legally go out and players can get paid on these advertisements and the school can actually help them manage it. You know, before the schools had to keep a, an arm's length. And so some of the schools have already uh, some of the states have already done it. Missouri, I think Alabama did it, and I, I'm thinking maybe Arkansas, and I might have those those other two states wrong. But right. the uh, the uh SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey wasn't happy about that. He wants he and some of the other conference commissioners want a national uh type where Congress comes in and sets up the rules and standards of it and everybody plays by the same rules. Uh, but Missouri stepped, one of the states that stepped forward and took care of it and it's kind of unusual. Missouri's usually not leading the pack and they're one of the states leading the pack and it's really, it's set up to help Missouri in their recruiting and helping them with NILs. So that was one of the big things that came out and, uh, I didn't pay a lot of attention to what the other schools were doing. I mean, I read some of this stuff, but basically, uh, Eli Drinkwitz usually comes to these meetings. He likes to take shots at other teams and coaches sometimes, and he kind of behaved himself and stayed, was, didn't didn't uh, didn't take a, didn't didn't draw too much attention to himself. So uh, anyway, so the, the so the big thing was scheduling and the nil issues. That's the things that came up.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll get back to the to uh, you mentioned the uh, SEC schedule. Uh, the, actually the big Ten came out with theirs in June and how they're going to handle, uh, USC and UCLA coming in. Uh, it's kind of going with what you're talking about with the SEC, uh, mm-hmm. where it's, uh, three protected rivalries and then six rotators. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, the one thing as we'd all tried to figure out what was going to happen, I guess there says here that they were, uh, they, uh, are eliminating the divisions in the big 10. So it's just going to be one big old conference.
1: Well, this year, the SEC's playing divisions. will be the last year, and in, the, in the 2024, they're going to eliminate divisions. Yeah. So, that'll uh, so. be one big conference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be yeah. that's gonna be fun. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Yeah, you won't be playing your conference, and Mizzou's had some breaks that they got to play Vanderbilt every year. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, they've, they've done well against South Carolina. They've done well against uh, – uh, uh, Florida, they haven't done that bad against Florida. Right. Uh, so some of the SEC East schools, they they've, they've, it's been an advantage to them to be in the East. Uh, and I, I haven't seen the, I haven't looked at the schedule lately for 2024, but they will be playing Oklahoma. And that'll probably, when they go to three, uh, permanent rivals, when they go to the nine games, Oklahoma will probably be one of theirs because of their history back in the days of the old Big Eight and the Big Twelve. They played, you know, they used to play quite a bit. So I suspect Missouri will be end up playing Oklahoma every year, anyway.
0: I'm, I'm looking at, I'm kind of looking at the schedule. They've got the uh, permanent rivals in italics on this schedule, and so far for Illinois, Illinois, Illinois only has two permanent uh, rivals in Purdue and Northwestern. I would have thought uh, either Indiana or. Uh, Iowa would have been one, but I don't. Uh, I don't see them showing up as a rival anywhere. Of course, we, you know, we don't. Well, we don't play Iowa until twenty until probably twenty six, so maybe maybe Iowa isn't twenty six. I don't know. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean that's going to be interesting. I, I I've kind of been hoping they would do something like that where they would have you know set rivals, especially in foot especially in basketball, where you're definitely playing home home against. At least three teams all the time. Um, because I, I don't like the way, and that's the only problem you got with these super conferences is mm-hmm. when you've got, uh, you know, 12, 15 teams. Now you're only playing half the teams part of the time, and maybe mm-hmm. you're not getting the team this year. You got to play them. Next. I, I know I, I've, I'm kind of, I'm kind of old school. You should play at least everybody in your conference once, at least in basketball to me right right you know but uh so we'll see how all that plays out down the road for that uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh so what's Missouri going to be looking like this year well
1: a lot of it de- a, lot of, a lot of it depends uh the big issue will be their quarterback situation brady cook is the returning starter mm-hmm. but it's an open competition cuz he's got his his uh four star quarterback named sam horn who didn't get to play that much. Didn't blow his red shirt, uh, so he'll be he'll be in contention. And they've got a guy named Jake Garcia that they got to transfer out of Miami, He's oh. really the one that a lot of people are excited about. And so uh, Drinkwitz is going with a quarterback competition, and this and I'll be the one that'll get all the attention in the media. Uh, they've got a new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach. Drinkwitch is not going to be calling plays anymore. He's His offensive coordinator will. And so it's just a different, you know, a little different, uh, could be a little different experience, and it's probably good for the program because the way head coaching is now, you've got to be a chairman of the board. You can't have your hands on the details too much with too many things. I mean, Drinkwitch is not only to worry about recruiting now, but we know how the transfer portal is, and you've got to be on top of the transfer portal, and you've got to be on top of this NIL situation. So, being a head coach, you know, you can't really put the headphones on anymore, I don't think, and survive in this environment. I think you've got to have, you let your coordinators put the headphones on and call the plays and things like that.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I'll give you my insights on Illinois here in just a second. I want to get, I want to do this real quick. Uh, you know, this being the summertime and we're talking sports and we're talking uh, football and whatnot, uh, uh, especially right now, especially when you get in these these camps, hydration is going to be a big issue. Uh, one way you can stay hydrated is with Liquid IV. It's the number one powered hydration brand in America. Just one stick and you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone, with three times the electrical, electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. Now, it does this by a method called cellular transport technology. It's a process designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other key ingredients. Liquid IV is conveniently packaged. You can take it anywhere, your gym, uh, your office, uh, just throw it in whatever little container you got. They've got uh, a lot of different uh, products, like they the electrolyte and hydration support for workouts or just outside work, uh, daily immune support, which I'm been, I've been doing uh, lately, I've, uh, the immune support thing with, that they've got, uh, helps your body fight off certain things, you know, colds and whatnot. They have an energy multiplier. It's comparable to one to two ounce, eight ounce cups of coffee, but it's a lighter taste and more refreshing. Uh, you they even have a sleep formula and a probiotic kombucha blend. Uh, it comes in 12 delicious and refreshing, refreshing flavors, including strawberry lemonade, tropical punch and pina colada. They're introducing a sugar free line in white peach, green grape and lemon lime. um, you get the benefits of vitamin B3, B5, B6, B12, vitamin C. It's non-GMO. It's gluten-free. contains no soy or dairy. Uh, Liquid IV also believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. So Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code GCS at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code GCS at liquidiv.com. If you're ready to shop Better Hydration, you can also use my link, dot AI slash talking sports on the bleachers. Save 20% off anything you order that way. So see what hydration multiplication can do for you. Try Liquid IV. Okay. Illinois. All right. Um... Now of course Bealim is second year and uh or third year, excuse me. Uh he's had two good one uh, so-so campaign and one good successful campaign. Um, and I think uh he's had to use the transfer portal a lot <laughs> in terms of quarterbacks for sure, uh getting DeVito last year and then picking up uh Luke Altmyer uh this year. Um, and I, the there was one benefit to picking up Altma Altmaier. I have found out is that there was a high school kid. They were recruiting from Altmaier's hometown. And after a visit to, uh, Illinois, he said, if it's good enough for Luke, it's good enough for me. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so he's going to be coming in. Uh, they picked them some pretty nice recruits. Not a lot of, uh, you know, big four star names. um, about the biggest name they've gotten is uh, Malik Elzy. E- e- excuse me. I was looking at the wrong way. Uh, he's a four-star kid out of Chicago. Simeon, wide receiver. Uh, said he's got some great speed, good hands. Uh, they picked up a kid locally here um, just a few miles down the road from me and, and Arthur, uh, C- Caden Feagan, uh projected as an athlete, probably going to be a linebacker. Um and they're really high on him, and and they picked up another a few other kids here and there transfer wise. Besides Altmire, they picked up. Uh, let's see, I got to find him here. Uh, where'd he go? He was here just a minute ago. Uh oh, Demetrius Hill. He's a, a another three star kid. A lot of these are kids with three stars, but they but they've got uh, some really uh, really impressive credentials. Um, I was talking with Kedrick Prince, a uh, local re- uh, guy that does the recruiting thing around here, and he's really high on a couple of these guys. Uh, of course, Altmeyer, but uh, Hill was one he was uh, pretty high on, and um, of course Elzy. Uh, uh, so there, we'll see how this goes. Uh, like I said, they uh, Jim Leonard is now the senior football analyst. Um, you know, one thing somebody pointed out uh, when Leonard, when they announced the Leonard hiring, was that. If you look at what Bielema has been doing, he's not just putting together a staff at Illinois; he's putting together a a group of top flight coaches. When you talk mm-hmm. about a um, uh, uh, Leonard, or, or you know, the when we talked about um, uh, Ryan Walters who who left, and you know, some 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 of these other guys that he's brought in, um, Barry Looney Jr. I mean, mm-hmm. he's bringing in guys, uh, the, the coaches that they've got a pedigree with them, you know, it's uh-huh. not just guys that are, have been an assistant here or an assistant there. They've got a pedigree with them. So I think that's going to turn this cult around more than anything else. And of course, winning eight games last year, didn't, didn't hurt. Their recruiting efforts. Um And then getting four guys to go in the pros in the first five rounds. Um, You know, that, that, uh that kind of bodes well for kids that want to come here and make a name for themselves. So I think we were eight and eight wins last year. I can see 8 wins this year. I can see maybe maybe 10 if a, if the ball bounces right a couple times. So mm-hmm. I think I guess why I say I think we're going to be in challenge for for that uh that uh Western Conference title, It'll be the last Western yeah. well, last Western Conference uh title in the Big 10. Uh we we've, we've got a shot at it, I think. Uh I guess the, the biggest hurdles we're going to have to come overcome is going to be probably I think Purdue and Iowa. A lot of people are still thinking Wisconsin's going to have a resurgence. I'm not so sure about the Wisconsin thing. Um, I mean, they did kind of come back after a disaster start last year, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So it'll be interesting, but I think uh, he's got some kids in place. And and the good thing about Altmire is at least we won't have to go for a quarterback in the um, transfer portal for at least another couple of years because he's got three years left. Mm-hmm. So. That, I think, was one of the big things that he wanted to get a quarterback. I mean, he's got some good freshmen right there on the team, but, you know, uh, they didn't get a chance to play much last year, Um mm-hmm. the, the redshirt freshman, I'm saying. And he's got the true freshman coming in. I don't know the last time a Big Ten school turned a, the program over to a true freshman at the start of a season. I would had to go back and research that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, so I, I think I think Illinois is going to be in pretty good uh, in pretty good shape. Um, like I said, we'll just see how the how the season all plays out. You know,
1: yeah, I, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting, especially since the last year of divisions. Uh, I know Missouri. Some of the thought is if Missouri's uh, going to win a, another division cha- championship, this has to be it. But uh, I've looked at the schedule, done for Mizzou, and they. You know they they really need to do better than six and six and I you know hopefully there's eight wins on the schedule. It's always hard to tell. A lot of it will depend on how well they do in the non-conference. They've got to play they'll play South Dakota to open up. They'll play uh, then Middle Tennessee State, Kansas State, and then uh Memphis to open the season. And then they go right then they go to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. So they have a chance. To be possibly five and oh, 4 and one, before they hit the meat of their schedule. So that's you know, and Drinkwitz really needs to get the team over the six and six hump this year. He really does, and yeah. uh, he got an extension at the end of at the end of last year in December, November, December. Uh, the athletic director gave him an extension, but it's not prohibitive for Mizzou to get out of. In other words, mm. it's the buyout is, is reasonable. So um, so we'll see. But this is really – this is the fourth year. Let's see, this is Drinkwood's fourth year. This is the uh, turning point, I guess, the pivot to see where he, he needs to go. So he needs to show – you know, I'd say eight and four would Would say this would certainly give him yeah. – Mizzou would go forward with him at that. But seven and five, I'm not sure, but we'd just have to see.
0: Right, right. Um. See, I'm trying to think. Oh, there it is. Um. Illinois. I mean, we got. We've got two out of the three. The the big thing, the big non-conference game everybody's pointing at is Illinois Kansas on September eighth. Yeah. And that that I mean there there a lot of people and that's going to be I think that's at Kansas if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's at Kansas. So. That'll be an interesting game. Uh, then Kansas we've also is got a
1: resurgent team, a resurgent
0: oh, yeah. seems to be a resurgent program. We'll, yes, they are. We'll see
1: if he, if he can keep it going there.
0: Yeah, and then we got, of course, we got Toledo in front of that, and and uh, then we go into the Big Ten schedule, and then we got Florida with the uh, Penn State, then we got Florida Atlantic. Like I said, we don't play. We don't. We we don't play any of the big boys this year. We don't get Ohio State. We don't get Michigan. We don't get. Uh, uh, Maryland. Oh, you know, we do get Maryland. I'm sorry. Uh, we don't get Indiana this year. I think that's the one that got kicked off. No, it wasn't Indiana. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Uh, but anyway, you know, Michigan State's the one that got kicked off this year. That's right. We don't get Michigan State. So, we, you know, there's three we don't have to really worry about uh, messing with. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, we've got all the others. And I think probably the two games are going to trip us up, uh, Big Ten schedule-wise, that we, that we could stand a good chance at losing. Mm-hmm. I think uh, definitely – the at Purdue. Uh, we never play well at West Lafayette. I don't think we've ever I, I went to, I think I went to one game one year where they beat they beat Purdue at their home academy. I don't think we've won since, to tell you the truth. Um and then I think the Illinois uh where'd it go here? I just had it uh I think Illinois, Minnesota, uh, that one, that one, I think could be a, a, a stumbling block for us. Cause like we say, well, Flex got those guys playing pretty good. They're on the move up and they're after kind of falling short last year and the last, I think they want to make, they want to make this year a little bit better. So I think that's going to mm-hmm. be a game that's going to be tough for Illinois. Mm. So, okay.
1: You
0: know, uh, so, yeah, um, you you were, you were mentioned NIL earlier, um, mm-hmm. With all this that's been going on, how do you see the nil playing out as we keep going with this?
1: I think eventually that the, uh, the Congress will intervene and set up some rules, ground rules, for nationwide for all this, so everybody can get on the same page. I think you know having fifty different set of rules all over the country mm-hmm. is really is really a would be a disaster is a disaster, could be a disaster happening. Right. Uh they've got to get a grip on it um Don, I I think on the NIL say the recruiting the the I mean the transfer portal, I'd like to them get 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 better control of that again. I don't know if they will. But uh the NIL is something that's really can be uh it can be destructive if it's not handled right.
0: And well I think just, the transfer portal, I'm agree with you in the NIL, but I think the transfer portal I think it's going to take care of itself once we finally get out of all the COVID players okay. and all those players that have that extra year because of extra COVID. Uh, uh-huh. I think once we finally get out of all those guys, I think then you may see that transfer portal. At least I hope you see the transfer portal start slowing down. Cause I'm like you, when you've got, what was it this last year? Uh, uh, over a thousand kids uh, entered in the football in, in football and like 900 uh-huh. in basketball. I mean, yeah, that's that's crazy you know mm-hmm. and, yeah. and you know it, it i don't know if it does the fans any good because you know you, you get a kid coming in and you think all oh, right great you know and next thing you know he's transferring back out to somewhere else i mean right. Right. i mean they have now they have put some rules on that too of like saying you, you only get one immediate play transfer so mm-hmm. you transfer one year you can, you're eligible to play immediately if you transfer again, you have to sit out a year unless you apply for a waiver.
1: Uh, hmm.
0: So at least they've at least they've done something so that that may curb some of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to. Like I said, as long as the NIL is in place and as long as we got these kids running six years now, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, um, you know, you're. I think that's it's, it's going to stay high, but hopefully that'll get under control. But I agree with you. I think as far as the NIL goes, they are going to have to somehow. Either the NCAA is going to have to institute a, po- institute a policy, which I don't think they've got the organization has the teeth anymore to do that. I think right. well, I think we've seen what that is. I mean, the the, uh, the institutions have more control over the NCAA than the NCAA has over the institutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it is going to have to come down to a congressional thing where it's like, okay, here's the rule for kind of like what they did what they did with Title Nine. They're going to right. do, they're going to, have to do the same thing with an NIL. allies
1: Right. 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 Yeah, I think so. And I, I don't, uh I don't see it going on like it has been, but until it's kind of wild right, right now. And uh like I said, with certain states setting up NIL rules and making it permissible, certain states haven't addressed it yet. It's just really, it's going to be a mess trying to figure yeah. it out. So, uh, so yeah, I hope, I hope they get it straight out.
0: Yeah. Me too, me too. Well, I think that's about all we got for this week or this month. Uh, I guess next month we'll have some football camps. Uh, training camps have been going on, so we'll have a better idea of what our teams are going to do football-wise. Right. And uh, maybe some more more information on certain things going on within the world of college sports. So uh, let everybody know where they can find you when you're not talking with me.
1: Well, I'm doing a Zoom um Mizzou Musings column at Gateway City Sports. I, I haven't done anything since the end of the basketball season, but I plan to get a couple things out in August on the football season coming up on Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably talking about some of the things we talked about tonight, Doug. Uh, so, and I also do some blogging about the Cardinals at Redbird Ranch, so you can find me there too. So anyway, uh, probably be trying to get something out about the trans about the. Uh, Free agent.
0: Yeah, I got to work on my. Yeah, I got to work on something like that. I've been doing. I've been uh, lately. I've been hitting the um, uh, on certain players. I did a a thing on uh, uh, Gorman, and I've done one on Wynn. I think I'm going to look at uh, a couple others here down and see what do some just some player profiles, you know? um, Because right now there's not much to talk about when you're talking about the Cardinals, so. Mm Other, other than a, a, a good player here, <laughs> good yeah, player that you want to highlight, you know, I mean, yeah. So, well, for my partner Russ Robinson, this is Don Glenn. Um, we want to thank our other sponsors, uh, the Sean Wiley and the Wiley Group. Uh, we want to give, give them a shout-out. Uh, you would contact them at uh, 636-764-6294 for all your insurance needs, or you can go to seanwiley at allstate.com. And remember, you're in good hands with Allstate. Also want to, to uh, pass out our uh, kudos to Fifth Street Motors, who takes the stress out of car buying. They are located at 2044 Rose Lane in Pacific, Missouri, and you can call them. Call Don or Brandon at 573-259-1306. Tell them Don Glenn from Talking Sports on the Bleachers. And Russ Robinson from the NGAA Report sent you. <laughs> so, all right. So, for my partner Russ Robinson, this is Don Glynn. You guys have fun. Stay safe. And we will see you again. Goodbye, everybody.